0: Chris Murphy, thanks for doing this. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Yeah. So I have my my favorite Chris Murphy story. So I think it was about five or six years ago, and we were at a conference. And I don't know if a lot of people were asking you. Like, once they find out you work for Adidas, it's always like, you know, what do you do there, <laughs> da, 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 And I, I don't know if you just got, like, beat down. You finally just said, I make shit cool. <laughs> and to this day, I still people, like, email me who went to that conference, like, hey, how's Chris Murphy doing? He's just still making cool shit? <laughs> So I I do remember that. That Yeah, that was good. And then, um, oh boy, there was a guy who was there who thought
1: that was funny. He actually, and I think you can literally still find the website. He said, how do you, someone asked me, after I said, how do you measure how to make cool shit? (laughs) And I said, I I, I don't know. I I, I think that was an off the cuff kind of uh, comment I made. Um, And then I got some questions about it. And he made a website called like cool shit-o-meter. Yes. And he sent it to me, he goes, Hey, I made this for you in case you need to track, uh, <laughs> if you're doing cool shit or not.
0: That's awesome. And it was just a
1: little, is a little nod, a little a nodule that goes up and down
0: and tells you how cool your shit is. Chris Murphy, make an impact. Boom. So, well, I want to first start, I mean, you've been at Adidas, we were just talking 12 years yep. and you've had a lot of different roles. You have, a, I want to hear about your role now, but, uh, I want to go back cause I know before you got in Adidas, you actually started at a startup. I did at a really cool area of the state in Hood River. Yeah. So, can you tell me about that startup and yeah. how that like, you rode to Adidas? Sure. I, there were two startups in Hood River actually. So, um,
1: I randomly got a, a, a job right out of college. At, I got a job at a job fair uh, with the Gorge Games. Gorge Games was a pretty small um, company that w- that was started in late '90s by a great woman named Peg Lawler, um, who was a you know serial entrepreneur, tried a lot of different things. Um, so worked with them for a while. Um, and it was great. I mean, I w- was involved with event marketing in, in a pretty significant way, helped sell marketing. Uh, and then during that process, uh, we sat right next to a website development agency. So worked with them a lot to develop our website and just learned about the online space and the importance of it. Uh, and then very shortly after that, Uh, a small company called Outdoor Play, which was a small startup started by two brothers, uh, the Trujillo brothers uh, in Hood River. Uh, They hired me to help with their online sales um, so running like a call center, uh, helping to meet some key metrics or, you know, doing some stuff with search and SEO, SEM. And then really, again, just teaching myself how to do stuff in the digital world. So that was a great experience. Uh, obviously being involved in the digital space in the late nineties, um, anyone who was around then, there were a lot of startups. Everyone thought they were going to be super, super rich in the late nineties. And then, uh, with the capital market crash that happened in, uh, 2000. Uh, all the dot com players, all the startups, went away really fast. But
0: that company's still around. The company right? is still around. Wow. Yeah,
1: they did a great job building up the infrastructure during that time period, um, and they they run the company on uh, nowhere near as many people, and are you know obviously more profitable as a result of doing that. But at the time, you know, people thought you need the same resources to run an online company as you would an offline company. So right. Great, great learnings from there. Once people started looking at the bottom line and saying, "Hold on, this this isn't adding up."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it was great. It was good to be part of that to, to see the rise and fall of a of a not even a fall. It's not fair to say that. Because they're still doing really well, uh, but to see the growth and then kind of the come back to earth uh, piece that happened with everybody yeah. during that time period,
0: and so how did you? I mean, how did you parlay that to your first? You went to Adidas straight from there, right? No,
1: I, I took I took a two year break and went to business school. Okay, so when the markets crashed, the economy was was not doing really well mm-hmm. in that kind of two thousand one two thousand two time period. I thought it was a great time to go to business school. Uh, we had worked with the University of Oregon's um, Warsaw sports program when I was with the Gorge Games. We hired them to help us with a project. Um, uh, I met the the guy at the time who was the director. His name was Rick uh, Burton. Um, great guy. Ended up becoming the uh, what do you call it? He ended up running the Australian uh, Basketball League. Oh, wow. And being the commissioner for them. He might even still be doing that. I'm not sure. But made a great uh, connection with him and thought, man, these guys are pretty smart and they get to do cool projects. So it took a two-year hiatus and went and got my MBA with, uh, at the, Lundquist Lind, Lind, uh, College of Business in the Warsaw Sports Marketing. Club. Go Ducks! Go! Nope. nope. I went, I <laughs> so believe, this is I, something I, I have a problem I, with. I, I believe in it as an <laughs> academic institution as I have to, but I grew up in Seattle uh, in the nineties when the Huskies were uh, the only game in town, won a national championship. Yeah, okay. So I, I remain a diehard. <laughs> Husky fan, even though I never went to school
0: there. And I know you've told me this before, you would be going to, you're getting your NBA, and when games with Washington going on, you would wear a Husky's uniform. Absolutely. That is the most ridiculous thing I've heard. Definitely. Definitely. Sacrilegious. People love when I would wear the purple under <laughs> the, the Duck student yeah. section.
1: That was not. Not received well. Yeah. So and you so, finished, you finished school and then you. <laughs> yes. I got, <laughs> I got an internship with Adidas between my first and second year with their e-commerce department. Okay. Um, and then, uh, continued to work. So we had Fridays off in business school, second year. And so I ended up spending most of my Fridays here in Portland, uh, with the e-com, uh, Adidas e-com team. So when I graduated, it was a pretty easy transition just to move right into Adidas. And it was in a full-time role as a contact role. Only did that for a little while and then worked for Lucy Activeware. All right. Um, for about, uh, almost a year. Uh, helping them uh, with online marketing. So again, running search and email marketing and things like that for them. And then a full-time role opened up at Adidas like 10 months later, and I, okay. I jumped at the chance to Well, Lucy back. was a pretty fast-growing company yeah. back then, right? Yeah, I mean, actually, the, the Lucy connections in Portland are kind of funny. Um, there are so many people who have worked at Lucy at some point in time. At one point, you know, at the same time I was going through that experience uh, with Outdoor Play in Hood River, a lot of people were going through something similar with Lucy. Lucy was a huge online player, uh, got quite a bit of funding um, uh, here in town. Sue Levin uh, is the one who kind of run that. Great woman who kind of started them. She did a, a great job of hiring a lot of talent from across the country to bring them to Portland so there are a lot of people who worked at Lucy during that time period and then they went through a lot of changes as well when 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 uh, capital markets crashed they put a lot of really smart digital people into the Portland space a lot of whom went to Adidas. So the woman who ran Adidas e-commerce, the the guys who kind of worked on the back end, front end, are all from Lucy. So when I worked there, uh, there were a lot of Lucy people. Um, And then I left, went to Lucy, and then came back. And it was like a a Lucy alumni fan fest at the Adidas e-com world. It was pretty funny. Interesting. I mean, you meet people all the time. Yeah. Uh, One of the founders of Swift, both founders of Swift actually, came from the world of Lucy. Right.
0: So there's a lot of Lucy people uh, in Portland. Yeah, that's great. And so so when you you were in ecom, then you got into marketing. Adidas, yeah. right? And how how does it work? I know a lot of people ask me, which I don't know. Like if you get in a place like Adidas, there's a lot of opportunities to kind of cross sure. different departments. So does that just kind of happened naturally for you. Yeah. Or yeah very, is, and that's that's very true. I think in the world of digital,
1: um, it, I wouldn't say especially. But obviously, you have digital on the brand side, you have digital on the sales side, you have digital in a bunch of different spots. It's relatively easy to transition amongst the departments. So yes, I started on the e-commerce side, which was my background. Whether that was you know, helping the, helping um, with the startup Outdoor Play, Lucy was all more on the e-commerce side. Adidas at first was, and then there is an opportunity to move over to the brand side uh, and work on uh, basically microsites. At the time, this is okay. two thousand five, two thousand six. You know, you would build microsite sites and, and develop email marketing and do a little bit of. Of, of paid media but not a lot there was there was no social uh, programmatic did not exist a lot of the stuff that i do now did not exist back then
0: yeah and so that's you're just starting to get in your do cool shit phase yes <laughs> yes, yes, so yes you, the do, so,
1: the do cool shit phase. so
0: you i mean that <laughs> kind of translated to you kind of heading up all digital marketing for you in the u.s correct right correct i did it for a category for
1: basketball first and then moved in oversaw all categories on the brand side um, they then made uh, the decision, uh, for better or for worse, uh, for, for us and for me, um, to have the digital person run the brand communications department. Um, so we moved a lot of digital people into brand communications roles to try and infuse more digital into the organization, which which was great, yeah. Um, but for a lot of digital people to learn how to, I mean, all of a sudden I'm making TV spots, I'm buying uh, TV media, I'm buying out-of-home media, I'm buying print media. Um, I have people on my team who are now working in, in retail spaces, so developing Windows for our key wholesale accounts. It was a huge learning curve for a lot of us digital people. A great one, I think. Um, and as a result, we actually ended up uh, hiring a, a head of digital um, as well, so that it wasn't just one brand team plus digital, it was still a brand team that had great digital knowledge, plus a really digital focused team. So I hired a head of digital to sit underneath me um, and she did great. So that was actually the the, the right solution. And so, as a result, even now we have quite a few people who are in more senior communications roles uh, who come from that digital world because of that movie made. Uh, that was like uh, probably five or six years. Yeah, ago. Yeah,
0: and so now that you know the digital title, I mean, is that still around in Adidas? Or uh, not? Sort of. I mean, at, at global level, yeah, there's some there's a there's a digital department in the in the
1: market. Uh, there are uh, a little different. They're all in the categories. We have digital people in the categories. But like I said, a lot of our brand comms people have that digital background. Um, yeah, and then my, my then I moved into um, a, a new role uh, overseeing the the U.S. newsroom. So we have nine newsrooms around the world. Um, I oversee two of them, the one in Portland and the one in New York.
0: So tell me, this is really unique, I think. You know, think when so people too. hear this, yeah. like, at a brand, there's nothing like this. So tell me a little bit about, you know, why it started and kind of what you guys do today, day to day.
1: Yeah, the, the woman who currently runs our global women's business, Nicole Volbrecht, um, this idea came from her. Um, and part of the idea is to really help us do a better job of of crafting and influencing the stories you find in earned media. So earned media being, at the time, this was three and a half, four years ago, was social media and uh, PR, your more traditional media environment. And really having a team of people who can craft those stories around every category, around the brand in general, and and push those out in at vo- in volume so that people are seeing it. In real time, too. In, in, in real time, right? or as close as possible we can. So there's yeah. a lot of planning, obviously, goes into it. I always say that in order to be an effective real time marketer, you have to do a lot of planning. It's yeah. like you, have plan, you have to plan ahead yeah. to be reactive. Um, but yeah, we we basically as and it's transitioned a lot, obviously. The earned media space has changed dramatically. Yeah. Whereas to be, you know, the idea of organic and earned media within social is from a brand standpoint is is not existent really anymore. It's a paid environment for sure. But I will say that still within the more traditional media world, you know, PR
0: standpoint, uh, earned media is still a huge thing. Yeah, and you and you guys supplement what you do f- with paid, well, of course. Yeah, yeah right. Sure. And then you guys you handle that yourself. You yep. work okay. Yep. Yeah, It's interesting. So we, I had on the podcast the business writer for the Oregonian a couple of days ago. Nice. And you know, he's on the very the other side of it, and he, I mean, that just world's changed a lot. And how you guys work with them, right? It's very different. Yeah, it's very. We want. I mean, we want to control more of the stories that go out instead of
1: um, leaving it up to uh, an editor or to a writer. And granted, we work with them really closely, but we also have people who can write those stories, who can produce those stories, who can generate the content for them, um, so that we can kind of publish and uh, we'll create and publish on our own, um, and then hope there's pickup, which there often is because the stories are usually interesting and we control them. So it's a different way to look at um, crafting how your brand is talked about in a really important space like the earned media world yeah um, and just do you know kind of helping craft and and drive and navigate that space a little bit differently
0: and so you also interact directly with the journalists too yes very much so okay it was interesting and that's a global they have a global newsrooms as as well
1: yep there's a uh, and we are we're all global so all the newsrooms are considered global which is it's a great thing, actually, because we're all really well connected. We, we, there are no geographic boundaries in that earned space. So, I mean, obviously you can have Facebook. It does allow you to craft based on a geographic region, but most of their social environments don't. And anything that ends up on a, in, on ESPN, Sports Illustrated Complex, etc., ends up in other countries, not just in the U S right. So because there's no geographic um, boundaries in this space, we're all really well connected to each other. We follow singular strategies. We talk really regularly. Uh, we share content. Um, you know, we, we share best practices in terms of media. Um, we share editors and who we connect with. So that's the, you know, the importance of the New York city team is they're right in the heart of the world of media. So they spend a lot of time with, with editors and writers and journalists um, it's great. It's a it's an interesting and unique setup. I think that works really well for us. Yeah. How
0: big is your team, if you don't mind me asking? Uh yeah. it's it's good size. Is good okay? size. Yeah. I mean we uh the Portland
1: team uh helps work on uh global yeah. As well as regional, so U.S. Yeah. as well as local, yeah. Um, you know, and, and New York is very local. New York yeah. is focused very much on the on the city of New York. So we cover the full spectrum mm-hmm. of what we do. So we work closely with the global
0: team. We work closely with the Portland-based U.S. team. Mm-hmm. We work closely with our New York team as well. And so it's interesting. We were just at an event where I think total different industry came up to you and was talking to you about they're going to start one, right? And so you're seeing this kind of trend of. You know, not not saying anybody in your industry totally complete. You know, different companies, industries starting yeah. to do this and, and get it. So, is there some other companies who are starting you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's um, most a lot of people outsource some of this stuff, right? They work there's you know we have we have great PR and social agencies that can do things like you know craft your story, they can community manage for you, can write your social strategy, which I think works. But I think you start to recognize it's really hard to find someone who can. can use the right brand tone of voice can really speak authentically to the people that you want them to. And it's, that part is so important. Um, again, also having that one-on-one relationship with editors or journalists or writers is also hugely important. So that's, you know, three, four years ago when uh, Nicole Vorbeck came up with this idea. Um, that was one of her things is that she wanted to really make sure we were owning this really important piece because of how closely it is connected to consumers. It's, it's your last, your last line. You're literally having
0: direct one-on-one conversations on social with these consumers. Yeah, well, I want to shift to talk about Portland a little bit. Sure. So when you started at Adidas twelve years ago, I mean Portland was a little more of a secret then, right? And I know you're a big <laughs> fan, and I know I you, told, you told me you said you don't want to move. No, nope, that's moved. the plan, nope, right? But uh, you've also told me that your careers website and Adidas gets more hits than your regular site right i'm oh, sure i mean I, I don't i don't
1: know if that's true anymore but i know that it's obviously uh, we've had a couple of good good years we I mean, yeah. we're, a, we're a well-known brand um uh we have a great work environment i love i love where i work uh it's an awesome place so i think when jobs open up people are definitely interested so we have yeah. a lot of people and and also being here in portland does not hurt i mean it is okay some stat yeah. i think i saw in the oregonian or in portland monthly saying that it was the number 2 most moved to city uh in 2016 yeah which is crazy yeah uh, really crazy um and i think that plus the the hotness of our brand right now uh, is, is getting a lot of interest in any job we have posted.
0: Yeah. and I, I mean, every podcast I've done, we've we talked about that, how many people are moving here. And it's interesting because the gentleman from Oregonian who covers the business se- sector here in Oregon, we have the lowest unemployment we've, I think, ever had. Probably, yeah. And so we have all this talent moving here, but I don't know if the, the supply... Can, you know what I mean we it's have like it's like the portland where it's totally. the dream of the, where you just you just move here without a job <laughs> yeah. and things, so,
1: will, things will work themselves yeah, out yeah and i'm and curious
0: maybe. i mean what what's your thoughts on what do you feel like is going to as we grow and i mean we have all these growing pains and i'm just i'm curious to see what your thoughts on portland and where we're going and, yeah
1: i mean i'm i'm all about portland i love
0: i love where i
1: live i love, i've been i've been basically In Oregon since 98 to a certain extent, and then in Portland since basically 2002, 2003. So I've been here for a while. And yes, definitely have seen a lot of changes happen. Um yeah, I think one of the biggest things that we have is we have a ton of great agency partners here. Um, you know, when I first started, we really looked at San Francisco, LA, Chicago, New York is where most of our agency partners were located. Um, and that's changed. I would say the majority of our agencies are located here in Portland now. Great, great talent um from all over the place. A lot of it homegrown, some of it uh uh you know supplanted here from other markets. So really good talent on the agency side. And then the tools side as well we're seeing a lot more tech you know we work with urban airship obviously who everyone knows uh for the i think everyone knows um we've had relationships with companies like little bird who was you know just acquired by sprinkler who's yeah. a platform that we use um you know we have some great local companies that are doing really cool things and I, my guess is is that as more of these companies you know are acquired uh, and that, that puts more money back into the the Portland scene. You know those people who then you know they they cash out, they leave, they they want to angel invest, they put that money back into Portland. It's only going to continue. It's like a, a an unending cycle. I also think you know we have we have some great universities who are working on digital as well. Portland State has a, a good opportunity, a good program that that's focused on digital, which is awesome to have that right in town. Yeah, you know? So I think there's things like that that will continue to fuel the growth
0: in in the tech and
1: digital space.
0: Yeah, I'm excited for it. We'll see. We'll I mean, see. Yeah. But, um, I know you're also a big fan of kind of getting outside your company walls and going learning. You're yeah. always on the hunt for like great n- new conferences and whether it's, you know, unrelated to your industry. So, I mean, how important is that? Because I know it's so easy just to go in every day and just be swamped with what you have, but to learn from other folks, um, I think is is just really important for you, so yeah. what do you tell your people on your team? You, yeah, I know you encourage it, I'm I, sure I, yeah, I
1: definitely encourage it I mean it's um having been with Adidas for so long, I think you can when you're with a company that long you you, you don't want to lose perspective, but it's relatively easy to do um I think we do great things, obviously, I think we're, we're pretty amazing the stuff that we do. But I think there's also opportunities to learn from other companies um, and from other people. So there are some events I like to go to that that like the smaller smaller events where you know a circle of trust and you can have great, really open conversations with other big brands who may be struggling some of the same things that we are or doing things that that we want to mirror or emulate. Um, And I, I think that's an important thing for both me and for everybody else, and especially in. The space, I mean, I've always been in digital in some way, shape, or form, even when uh, overseeing brand comms on the, on the sports side, uh, we still had a huge ownership of digital. And that is, yeah. that place, space moves so incredibly fast yeah. that you have to stay on top of things. Um, and, and the only way to do that, you know, you read a lot, which I do read a ton. Yeah. Um, we have agencies who are really good at making sure that we also stay on top of things and put ideas in front of us on a regular basis. But then also going to conferences and talking to people who have similar roles as I do. Uh, in other companies is also hugely important. And I definitely encourage that for my team too.
0: Yeah. And it's, it seems like Didas is very supportive of that and, and sends you guys around the world. And yep. I know you're not in Cannes, France right now for the, no, <laughs> no. but, and, and that's another point I want to get to is, you know, your point in your career, um, the travel and you have, I know you have two small kids under four or five, right? Yep. And that's always a challenge. So how, how do you kind of balance that. I've been I've been asking this just to kind of learn from people as they, you know, become busy executives and yeah. um, some people it's it's just a struggle but how, how do you how do you work with
1: I <laughs> I don't I don't know. I mean, yeah. um, travel is always going to be part of um Probably what I do or, or, you know, in the, in the marketing world, it's just what you do at any level, right? So I used to travel a lot because I was going to a lot of shoots. So I'd I'd be at TV shoots or photo shoots or those kind of shoots. And those, those are time consuming and you have to go there and you work with production teams and you work with uh, creative folks. You work with the editing side. So you're traveling a lot for that uh, at any stage. And and now you know it's it's a variety of different types of travel, and we're a very international company, so we have offices everywhere, and we're connected to I'm connected to a, a large group of newsrooms who have offices across the world. So there is uh, some travel for sure. My biggest thing is I just don't like to be gone on the weekends. I really try and keep my travel to the week. Yeah, um, so the weekends are for for me and the family
0: for sure. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's tough. I mean, no one's had really a way to kind of figure it out, right? But it's it's, 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 it's part of the gig.
1: I mean, obviously, having things like. Uh, the ability to FaceTime and be able to actually uh, interact with your family on video is, is huge. It makes you feel closer. Yeah. Um, which I think is a really important thing. So it's not just texting and phone calls. It's the ability to see folks. Now I'm not the best at doing that. I, I try to do it when I can, but I think that's one way that has made me f- feel a little bit closer to them when I'm traveling. which is Yeah.
0: Huge. So I want to also ask and what you can share, you know, your kind of career mapping at either Adidas or beyond that. I mean, sure. what's, what's kind of once you're in adidas um you've been kind of in these different orgs you're in this new role now is that something you're going to stick with or I mean, what other opportunities are there to i know there's a lot to go global sure, and move yeah. but as you mentioned you you know portland's a pretty special place it's hard to leave but so um, well
1: we i mean uh, like i said adidas portland's amazing there and i've always been um well supported by the company um obviously i feel like i work hard for them and i feel like they've done a great job of supporting me in my career uh, like i said i can go to conferences to learn about my functional area they do a great job of helping me become a better Leader, um, making sure I understand some of that stuff. We've got great resources for 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 people uh, at Adidas. So, and again, I work in the digital world in general, which I think I've been in forever. So every yeah. year, I feel like someone's like, "Hey, digital's got to be parity, or it's mobile, or looking right. social media." And I think that I have a good enough knowledge in all those spaces that I've been able to use my background in digital to to stay kind of at the uh, uh, at the forefront of a lot of things happening within the company. And I, and I hope that, that that stays around. Yeah. It's I mean, gonna, it's gonna keep evolving. I mean, that's the, 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 the nice thing about digital is it never, um, there's very little complacency. It doesn't stay the same. There's always something new and different. So I imagine that that will continue to happen and things will change and there'll be more opportunities in that space in the future
0: at Adidas. Yeah. And I know not to uh, make your head too big, but I know you're very respected. I mean, I've done these national events that you've obviously been part of and helped me a lot. And uh, people think very highly of you. So just, you know, keep doing cool shit. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, Hey, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, this is fun. Thanks.